How you doing, guys? I'm your host, Mikey J. And as always, I'm super pumped for today's episode of KGUP Presents because we have the one and only Rose 777. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. And we'll be right back. Five, four, three, two, one. doing i'm mikey j thank you for watching this edition of kgp presents featuring rose triple seven now over the past year year and a half or so your rose has become one of my favorite people uh you might know her from poppy cock report bitches brew with karen b and my favorite show the baby truther show or you might know her from the her channel rose triple seven and if you've ever contacted crow triple seven radio.com more than likely you got a reply from rose herself because she's become an integral part of the uh, their operation. And that is also one of my favorite shows. And if you haven't heard my interview with Crow 777 and Jason Lindgren, uh, you need to check that out. That's uh, on episode 16. So I wanted to bring Rose on the show basically for two reasons. If you guys have been watching the show uh, consistently, you, you'll notice a pattern. Uh, all of my guests that I've had on this show are all people who I enjoy personally and watch on a regular basis. You know, I love getting to know the people that I encounter and admire. And I just want to share my discoveries with you guys. And uh, because I've learned so much in the span of like the last two years and everyone that I've had on this show so far has had a major impact on my life in some way. So in a way, this is kind of like a tribute show. And the second reason is Rose is, has a lot of experience on living wills and affidavits. Uh, even just this past week, I hosted a, uh, a small flat earth meetup gathering and I gave out copies of the, of the wills and uh, affidavits. And it was, you know, a very short notice. So not a lot of you even heard about it until after the fact. Uh, but, you know, I did reach out to uh, the majority of the, of the members who were within a 30 mile radius, which was about 150 people, which is quite a few 
And uh, thanks to David Weiss and his amazing Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, Zodiac, and Clock app. Um, it was a success, and I got to meet some very cool people at Vector Brewing, and uh, we all got to uh, watch Glitter play. She's also a Flat Earther, and you know she was on stage, and so it was a great show, and it was a great time to, for all of us to meet one another, and um, I'm so glad that you guys came out. Big shout-out goes out to uh, Rafa, Crash, Melissa, and Ray, and, of course, Mary Mary, and, of course, Glitter, my wife, uh, who, who is the, the performer there. So thank you for coming out and hanging out with us to, and talk Flat Earth. That was a lot of fun, and we look forward to doing, doing it again, hopefully soon and, and definitely next year. So with that said, let's bring her on, the gal of the hour, the very inspirational, the one, the only, Rose 777. How's it going, Rose? Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a long time coming. We have been <laughs> planning this for quite a while since way before Flattoberfest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been talking back and forth. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It has been pretty hectic as usual at Crow 777 Radio. We're a, three pe- a three-person team. And, um, you know, we're just constantly trying to get out good information for our listeners and it just takes a lot of work so on the one hand I'm you know physically tired but like energized at the same time because uh I love my job I love what I do because all I want to do is help people and um find ways to prevent people from going through things that I've gone through and you know I've I've learned a lot and so like you've said, like I've compiled a lot of information together. So I would not call myself an expert on anything. And I would never trust someone who called themselves an expert. But because of my unique position of always finding guests, having a massive show with a constant influx of recommendations, combined with some kind of weird, maybe intuition that I get from the guidance of Crow, I have compiled information that I truly stand behind. And that's why on my show and channel during this age of censorship and my um, disdain for uh, government regulation and and just the whole corporate Lex Lex Matoria world, I like to say that I am a medical doctor giving medical advice. And I also like to say that I'm a lawyer giving legal advice because I think that it would be so ridiculous for anyone to be worried about that because I think the onus is on every individual to have their own discernment. So if someone's even called a lawyer or a doctor, why would that, why would the onus be on them if they give bad advice? Because in fact, lawyers and doctors do give bad advice all the time. So it's actually comedic because in my mind, by saying that I'm giving myself less credibility which is why it's a joke. Yeah. They, they constantly make mistakes and yeah. you know, th- that's why they have a license so they can get revoked if they, if they do do something malice, you know, but um, how did this all start for you? We like, I mean, you, you are like really busy, especially now these days. And, but a year ago before you had your show, I mean, what, what were you doing before that? Before I had my YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, my, I don't even know what my, when I began to become aware of the fraud and deception that is our world and that the Matrix movie that I saw back in the 90s was starting to feel like maybe a metaphor for what's actually going on. You know, that whole process for me, I'm going to have to take you back a lot farther than a year ago. (laughs) Uh, So I woke up 
I'll, we'll just call it like that to this fraud. Like I had my boom moment in 2013 when I saw on YouTube a nine hour natural law seminar <clears throat> by Mark Passio. Okay. So that was the catalyst where I had been putting things together that there was something wrong with the world. I didn't fit in with anything. Nothing made sense. I never paid taxes for any of the jobs I've had since I was 14. I always checked the box exempt without having any, I mean, I just, I don't belong here. Like we are living in a fraud, but what really made me understand the underlying causal factors that we are, that, that is making the human condition get worse is what really helped me. So that was understanding natural law, which involves understanding morality is objective. And then also understanding that any form of government is abdicating your divine sovereignty, sovereignty and therefore slavery and immoral. And so from there, I then went on my own you know, journey of trying to figure things out and find good researchers, people like um, well, if I if I went through the names, there would be a lot of people listening to this in the community that would say, oh, shill, or that person was wrong <laughs> about that, or that person was wrong about that. But, you know, we all, like, uh, remember that movie Zeitgeist that came out, that covered religion, it yeah. covered the financial thing, and then it covered 9-11. And it's just under, or, or even something like loose change. Uh, I think that was something that Brian Stavely saw that affected him that then, then turned out to be kind of uh, controlled opposition or misinformation, right. as you could say. So I went down this path and then something very crazy happened to me in 2016. Maybe I can come back sometime to talk about the whole Phoenix rising out of the ashes story, mm -hmm. but everything fell apart in 2016, right in the year that I went to Philadelphia to meet and go to the Free Your Mind conference where Mark Passio was headlining. And that's where Jason Lindgren was oh, wow. as well attending. And we didn't even meet that day. We saw each other. And I remember thinking that Jason looked like he would have like some kind of German accent. So if you know what Jason Lindgren sounds like, that's really funny. So <laughs> then during this time of my life, just to make it as succinct as possible, homeless, lost absolutely everything, got married to a crazy person and was in, uh, I realized, wow, for three years, I've been researching. I thought I understood the truth. I, I thought I knew how to conduct myself and protect myself from this system. And I don't know crap. So then Jason and I, I went back to the next Free Your Mind conference. Jason was not there. I was heartbroken uh -huh. that he wasn't there. We found each other on Facebook and then started talking there. And I took a leap of faith. And I moved in with Jason in an, in an inaccessible, wheelchair inaccessible trailer in Baton Rouge on a leap of faith. Oh, wow. And, and shortly after that, met Crow for the first time. I had never known anything about the lunar wave. And I started listening to them when they were doing their recordings and how important this was. I wanted to start 
Thank you so much, Jason. He just brought me coffee. I thought this work was so important and that what they were doing was so great and that their chemistry was so fantastic that something special was about to grow and that things were growing. And I decided that I wanted to offer to join the team as like a glorified secretary. So that is how I ended up with Crow and Jason. And then I was behind the scenes and it was under Crow's recommendation that like him, I, well, he's not, he's in the public, but I mean, he keeps a private lifestyle and I'm very outspoken. I'm very silly. People respect Crow Triple Seven Radio for its serious research. And so um, it was a risk for me to start a YouTube channel because I didn't really want people to see my personality. I felt, I feel a little bit too silly and ridiculous because with me, um, like, like for example, for a time I liked acting because I have such a sustain for humanity. And so sometimes it's like a, a way to escape and just um, escape the reality that I have so much disdain for. And I just never knew what I was meant to do, but I, I now I feel like I put all these pieces together. And when on March 11th, of 2020, I was in the hospital with a NG tube, uh, and the doctors actually told Jason that I was I might not make it. And in a members only episode, I, looking back, it's like I feel so bad. I didn't want people to feel bad, but they're like, Rose, you know, it's really serious. Like they said it on the show in a members only episode, and um, when they declared the emergency. I was in the hospital. I pulled out the IV. Oh, no. First, what happened was Jason came to visit me and they tried to take his temperature. And that's when I knew immediately it's happening now. Now it's happening. I need to leave this hospital AMA. I pulled out my IV. I took out the NG tube and I left AMA immediately. And I guess I didn't. I think I guess I wasn't going to die. Right. So. At that time, I was leaving the hospital from the whole, I mean, it would be too long to talk about my paraplegic rearranged organs, but I talked with Andy Kaufman and I knew that I needed to start, start, start speaking out. And even if maybe I don't know as much as Crow and I'm not as professional as Jason, but I do have an opinion but it doesn't belong on crow triple seven radio it would it would it would be a conflict with their energy i wouldn't i would always want to interrupt um i just needed to do my own show but i could not do my own youtube channel if i remained on all of the pharmaceuticals that allopathic medicine has put me on since my stroke in 2005 when i moved in with jason i quit opiates. I got off of an insane amount of Dilaudid slowly using something called Subutex and Crow helped me through it um, emotionally through that time. And I also at the same time quit smoking cigarettes using the vaporizer and I was transcribing the show and not wanting to take a break and drooling on my keyboard. And so I realized this is such BS and I'm getting more nicotine by being able to smoke inside. And anyway, that all ended. But what I was still on at the time of March 2020 was Xanax and Ambien. And it was really not a good situation. Uh, those are terrible, terrible drugs. And plus, it made me feel like a hypocrite 
for everything that I've learned. It's just that after 10 years and the serious irreversible surgeries I've had, uh, the doctors have also told me that if I quit taking in benzodiazepines, I would die. Oh, it's great that you quit opiates, but you can't do that. Well, Dr. Andy Kaufman told me, you know what, the way that you're taking it now, because you have such a high tolerance, you're, you're running out of it after two weeks, and then you're going two weeks without it. You're killing yourself going in and out of withdrawal. Guess what? You can just stop. And Dr. Andy Kaufman is a person who is a a licensed medical psychiatrist. And maybe I just needed someone who had a white lab coat to tell me that it was okay. And I quit and I did not experience the symptoms of withdrawal because it turns out that all of my most horrible symptoms was because I was killing myself with all of these pharmaceuticals. And so by quitting those drugs, I felt comfortable starting a YouTube channel because I didn't want to be a drooling idiot and a bad representation of Crow Triple Seven. So that is when I started my channel because I was able to quit those pharmaceuticals. And I was and because they had implemented the iron fisted control. This is the long game and now this is the home stretch. That's crazy because just looking at you today, you would never know that you were going through all that and you're, you, that you were addicted to these, these medications because your, your personality, you're so outgoing and so talkative. And, you know, I've listened to a, a lot of your shows um, when you were on the Bitches Brew and then the, uh, what's the report? Um, what's that? Poppycock report. Poppycock. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? But um you know, you, I, I would have never known that you were going through all that. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was such a mystery for me. Yeah. Well, it's really funny because um, when you're doing sh- live streams, see, I, I moved to Louisiana and that's when I kind of became more of a, a you know, I guess a public figure, as you can say, like people are, are seeing me, but only from the neck up. And then so before 2017, I was living in California with all of my friends that I grew up with in high school, all of the people that I became friends with over the years through working for Citrix Online, a massive corporation. And also I've been an internet geek, meeting people all over the world from the internet. And when you meet people all over the world and you're a paraplegic, you really have to discuss things so that it runs smoothly. You know what I mean? So. It's really funny because um, my paraplegia is the first impression that people have of me in public, and it does affect the way that people talk to you and address you. And then, um, you know, on the internet, it's just from the neck up. So there's a lot of people who have no idea that I am completely paralyzed from the waist down and I use a wheelchair 24-7. Yeah, I knew you were paralyzed, but I didn't know the story. And uh, I mean, we can probably get into that another time. Yeah, we'll have to do like the medical <laughs> history episode. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things that you were saying about all the, the meds and stuff that you were taking and like I, I had gotten a car accident back in 2004 and it just changed my life. Like I wow. was, you know, mentally I was I, I, th- I was disabled because I allowed the doctors to give me all these these experimental things and I was taking them and just just believing in in them 
And uh, it was really just debilitating me more and causing me to gain weight and causing all these extra um, like anomalies that were happening and depression. I wasn't sleeping, you know, and just having, I was having pains everywhere, but it was because I was being poisoned. Do you, would you mind if you recall what medications, because I had an incident in 2004 too. So it would be interesting if we were both put on the same protocol. Uh, Neurontin was, was one of them. Yep. Neurontin. Yes. That's for neuropathic pain. A lot of times they'll do Neurontin with gabapentin in that drug class. And they will naturally by default, give that to people who had an accident, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make any sense because magnesium can probably do the same thing. If you slam yourself with enough magnesium, your cells are going to relax enough. It's just that nobody wants to do the work because in order to find out how much magnesium you need, you need to take enough to give yourself diarrhea and then lower the dose right before that. Oh, wow. But I'm sorry I interrupted you. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. You know, they they gave me uh, naproxen sodium and then Prilosec. Of course. And that was just kind of like a standard plus the, the ibuprofen and, and then Vicodin was very controlled. Very yeah. interesting. Let me interject there. Uh, the, the, okay. So wait, go through the, the first one you mentioned there. You said that Prilosec, that's actually a PPI. There is no reason to give a patient that in the hospital after having an accident. They, they by default will give you, it's actually called protonics in the hospital, but then the over-the-counter is Prilosec. And these proton pump inhibitor medications, also known as pantoprazole, cause stomach cancer. And it doesn't make any sense because what it does is it stops the production of acid in your stomach and acid is what you need in order to digest and absorb nutrients. So like all of these drugs, it's a Band-Aid and they put you on that on top of all of these other things for no reason, just that you were a patient in the hospital. And then naproxen is basically a leave and Mm -hmm. Vicodin is an opiate mixed with Tylenol. Now we could do a show on just one why Tylenol is bad. And to me, I do not think that Tylenol should be mixed with a leave. Of course, a doctor will tell you, oh, it's okay, this and that. But you see here how it's, we all trust doctors, but this, we're two people that have never been to medical school. And right now, if we talk to a doctor about what, uh, what we're saying right now, they would just think that we were a bunch of hippies that were into like <laughs> natural herbs and shit. It, it, right. It's insane. They're that brainwashed they're not trained to know any different. And exactly. So it's like, it's like that, that brings up the philosophical question of, of uh, culpability. I mean, is there an excuse for ignorance now? I mean, they really have, I I can tell you my stepdad's a plastic surgeon and he does a great job, you know, cutting people apart and putting them back together again. But I would be very concerned if he was a medical doctor, I would constantly question him and ask him, do you pay attention? Do you read what medications you are, or do you just remember back to when you were in medical school, medical school for the best you can recall and just go with what the authorities are saying? Yeah. I don't think they're, they're, they don't have any time to do any like deep research. Exactly. They, they, they just get these protocols and they follow them and that's it. There's no time to really question anything. They've been leading up to that. They've been, they've been putting that in, into that mindset. I remember when they started coming into the ro- hospital rooms with iPads and asking a question and then clicking something and then asking it. So that is how they have successfully um, killed 700,000 people with remdesivir because doctors trust 
in the science. And I mean, they don't have, they, they are supporting their families. They're working so hard. Like for example, my stepdad's a plastic surgeon, but he moonlights as an ER doctor for free. If someone shoots himself in the face or gets a dog bite, you know what I mean? So they don't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about like the difference between whether fiat is more or less moral than crypto. You know, he just wants to work hard, you know, for uh, provide for his family. And um, he likes being in the matrix. A lot of people like that. And so what we need to do is we need to free our minds from this comfort addiction that we've gotten. Right. It was just like we were trying to watch uh, Cowboy Bebop last night because it premiered. That's the only anime I like. And and, uh, we're we got through halfway through the first episode. I'm like, all right, I I don't I don't know why I'm watching this because, you know, I'm since I was a kid, I loved space. I loved science fiction. I loved Star Wars and everything that came out that involved space. And now that I'm like, you know, a flat earther and know it's all BS, that it's hard for me to go back and, and put myself, immerse myself back into the matrix to enjoy something, so, something right. simple. Because I'm just looking at it from a, an awoken's per- perspective and I can't enjoy it anymore. Because it's well, just okay. my control. I totally know what you mean. And you know what? For example, Crow, he doesn't enjoy classic rock anymore. I mean, there's some stuff to listen to, but there's just, it just doesn't interest him. But Jason, he knows about all of the social engineering of the 60s and the Beatles and Jim Morrison and all that stuff. But he could set that aside and enjoy it. For me... I used to really be into slasher movies. I used to be into professional grade gore effects makeup. Um, Like I can text you a picture or something, you'll be shocked. And, you know, that doesn't resonate with my soul anymore. It doesn't interest me. I don't feel like Crow always references a movie. He's like, John Wick, this relates to this and this relates to that. And I, I, I still haven't seen that movie and I won't see it. I don't know what the hell he's talking about because it's been several decades since I have really watched television or movies. So, so I actually have, am the, of the Crow Triple Seven team, I am, I am less aware of the news unless I, it's something like someone sends a link that's significant to truth, but anything pop culture related or a movie coming out, I usually don't know what the heck anyone was talking about. I remember it was like in 2015, I had never heard a Lady Gaga song in my life and couldn't tell you what her music genre was. So um, I think that has really helped me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then working in the music industry, like I, I can't listen to anything mainstream now because I'm too aware of like the frequencies and like the, you know, the, the embedded algorithms. Yes. And you can feel it. If, if you go through long periods of time of not listening to anything mainstream, you notice immediately, but if you listen to it all the time, you're not aware of it. And you don't know that you're being hypnotized because I immediately feel aggravated, irritated, and I feel angry. And so I know it's the music. You know, people will tell me, oh, you're crazy. It's because you don't, it's because you just support your, your independent music artists. I'm like, well, yeah, there's a reason for it now. But now that I understand that about the frequencies, I, I know why I was feeling the way that I do. You know, yeah. so I just don't even turn it on. 
Yeah, you know what? I totally get it. And 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 Crow and uh, conspiracy music guru Alex, when we recorded our first episode with him, where we actually played uh, some of his songs that he pre-recorded to pretend like we were live. Um, and, and when we were getting ready to set up in the morning, I co- go in and I was telling him, I'm like, I totally, I need to listen to this your Solfagio uh, album in order to reverse what I just did to myself, headbanging to Norwegian black metal. (laughs) And I was saying it as a joke, but it was true. And he said, his response was serious. He says, well, that doesn't sound very good for you. And then it (laughs) took a moment where like my heart. So you know how I just said that I don't, I don't want, I don't want to watch slasher movies. I don't want to watch blood. I don't want people to see people die. I, I care about people so much, but like Jason, when it comes to music, even though it's done in 440, uh, I totally had bang to heavy metal all the time. And we just had a guest over the weekend and we spent hours in here just going back in time, listening to it. And we were like looking on YouTube for stuff that like, wasn't the music video that like, didn't show the lyrics because we didn't want to mess up the vibe. Right. It's more about the nostalgia programming. So I think you have to find balance between accepting that we are programmed and that we were exposed to things during certain formative years. And so if you look into your heart and like, I don't know what word to say, I I guess I'll just go with Holy Spirit because statistically people will know what that means the most. But if you just look into the morality and so my heart says, you know what, for me right now on my journey, I don't need to make it look like my brains are coming out of my head every October and I don't need to watch Nightmare on Elm Street every October 1st. You know what I mean? But if David Avocado Wolf is coming over without notice and we want to do a random stream about Brown's Gas Water and Colloidal Silver, we are going to harness a positive energy by headbanging to Megadeth together (laughs) because the intention. So... I could have converted Tornado of Souls by Megadeth to 432 with an online program, but that's, it's just not good enough. What really needs to be done is it needs to be recorded. The instruments all need to be tuned to 432 and it needs to be recorded that way. I'm not saying it's not better to use the converters online, but you know, like I said, it's all about it's like with diet for me, I can't watch slashers, but I can listen to music. You can't listen to that music, but maybe there's an anime that you can watch that or, or, or not, you know what I mean? So for me, I haven't seen cowboy bebop since I woke up. And so when I remember cowboy bebop, I'm not thinking about the space aspect of it. Could you share with me what you noticed when you were watching an episode that like triggered you other than the fact that they were just in a spaceship? Well, when they, in the opening scene there they there was this heist in the casino and then he um i don't know his character because i i didn't watch it long enough to know the characters but he came out of the the elevator and just started wiping everybody out and i'm like oh do he, does he realize he's working for the elitists by by killing all these guys you're trying to heist the the casino and the guy who was high doing the heist i mean he was like you know i used to work in a casino and they they fired me and the, it was kind of like his revenge but it's like, you know, you're attacking all the little people who work for the elitists. Go for the elites. You know, <laughs> that, that's my thinking. Like, go for the owners. You know, don't don't attack the bottom dwellers. You know, OK, go, go for the jugular. <laughs> yeah. OK, so I'm glad you explained that, because for me, um, like the 
the storylines are kind of fuzzy in my mind. I just remember that I had been introduced to anime and the only one that I liked was Cowboy Bebop. So while I thought you were going to say, oh, they said planet, they said gravity, you were discussing the violence and the vigilantism and the mercenary right. aspect of it. That I didn't even think of that because I'm so programmed and desensitized that when you said Cowboy Bebop, I thought, oh, the programming is about space. But really the true programming is the this whole violence thing so yes if i bet if i watched it again i'd be like why am i watching it doesn't make sense like i don't really care why this guy needs money to like get uh you know a uh, bounty hunter because that's what he is right he's a he's an yeah, a, a yeah. intergalactic bounty hunter right, right. like that one doesn't interest me now but i did at one point say this is the only good anime there is yeah and just this year we stopped watching like you know horror films and slasher movies because we both both have equally woken up and you know we're both my wife and i were both flat earthers we see the truth we we listen to the the religious non-religious scripture study with karen b and just jack and so our minds are like you know just more open and so watching these i don't don't ever remember what we were watching i think we were watching halloween and we're I was like, we don't really want to watch this. So we just turned it off and put on something, you know, happier. And, um, but th- that's just been our journey. This, this last two years is just, you know, we can't, we can't reimmerse ourselves into something we don't believe in because, you know, it's like our eyes are just way too open now. That Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that is, it's always, we're constantly just trying to search for the right thing to do. And, um, you know, also with diet, you know, you'll, you'll hear about people that say that they were healed from one illness by doing one thing, like eating nothing but fruit. And another person will say that they healed their bodies by doing nothing but eating meat. And so that's very interesting. And if that is correct, it means that even though they had the same symptoms, perhaps there was a different causal factor. And now we know so much about the power of our emotions, our intentions, epigenetics. Mm -hmm. And also we don't even know if we know the truth about DNA like itself. So I think that in science, like when I was in college, I took an early childhood education class where they mentioned what epigenetics were and the way that they just mentioned it, that like a cursory glance at the topic is that Epigenetics are the methyl molecules that surround the DNA. And if you think of DNA as instructions for how your cells are going to grow, the methyl molecules on the outside of that are like an on and off switch. So let's say that you and I are brother and sister. We both have the same parents. And if there is anything to, um, you know, genetic hereditary genetic disorders, or cancer being hereditary, which we, which is probably not true because we know the truth about cancer. I'm just giving an example, this idea of, of these hereditary things. Let's say that we are, we, let's say we both have a, what is called an allopathic world, a predisposition Mm -hmm. to diabetes or something like that, even though we know diabetes is caused by diet and everything, but because of my epigenetics, my on switch might be on. So I'll get diabetes and your off switch will be off. So you won't get diabetes. So the real thing is 
how do we control epigenetics? What do we need to learn about epigenetics? And what they're leaving out in science is consciousness and intention. They're completely leaving out the metaphysical. And the more the way the away they get from nature, and the more they get to hypermaterialism, the more that this perverted version of medicine is really going to be exactly that murder. So, like I said before, these these button pushing doctors. I hate to call them that, but after a year, I will not change the tone of my voice because I hope that there might be doctors out there hearing me because there are nurses that are smarter than you out there that know what's going on and know that the protocols that you're following can't possibly be good because they're watching your patients die after you write the orders. So my, so the thing is, is someone like my wonderful stepdad who has done so much for me, he's a plastic surgeon. So luckily he doesn't have to deal with people that are sick, but let's say that someone with with a heart and a soul of goodness like him, like in the Jew culture, a mensch, you know, he would probably just want to do the right thing and follow it because Fauci declared in May of 2020 that remdesivir is the best choice and considered the first protocol to treat what is called COVID. And in 2019, there was a study that Fauci was completely involved in and aware of where they tested with other things like hydroquinone, which we can get into whether or not that's uh, pharmaceutical, so bad or good, or bad or good, uh, and then like antibodies, and then ivermectin, and we know that our ivermectin is at least better than remdesivir. And in that study, it, uh, th- it well, basically, we learned that remdesivir kills 30% of humans, and that 50% of the patients in that study died who took and therefore the, the study stopped because they didn't want to kill more people. And that is the study that right. that Fauci referenced when saying that remdesivir is the best drug, safe and effective for COVID. And so all of the doctors out there just believe that and they didn't click the link. They didn't click the link to the study that said exactly the opposite of what Fauci said. And that's called revelation of the method. That's called we're going to put it right in your face what you're we're doing to you you yep. stupid monkeys are going to get exactly what you deserve and you know what they're right and sometimes i wonder if these people who are trying to cull are actually in their minds thinking that they're helping humanity because here's another mind blower for you i'm going to get real crazy let's go into the this is nothing we would talk about on crow the idea of the hominoid what if think about what human being would do this to humanity what human being like fauci would implement something that would be the biggest genocide in the history of man 700 700,000 people in such a short period of time. Um, I mean, like, these can't really be humans, right? So what if there is some kind of hominoid creature on Earth, and they're the ones at the top that are the puppeting the human beings that we know the names of? Like, maybe there's these, this other species and then there's the names who are so rich that we don't even know their names. And then there's the Rothschilds of the Rockefellers. And then there's all the actors on the political stage. And everyone's just being blackmailed because someone got a video of them having sex with someone who was too young. And the hominoids do that's how they can get us. You know what I mean? Did, did any of that make sense? Or did I just go off? On oh, a it makes tangent? perfect sense. I, I think we, we are the image of man. That's why we're called human. And because the, the so we're we're in the the image of the original man, so I I just think that these psychopaths that control 
the narrative in the, in the in the world. I mean, they're just they're the ones that are complete complete control, and people like Fauci are just really puppets. Yeah, so he's a puppet, but the people who would want him to do that, what's wrong with them? Like, maybe it's because of all the incestual bloodline lineage that psychopathy has been bred into them. So while they're breeding us into farm animals that they don't respect, they're breeding themselves into this God superiority and trying to bring forth the transhumanist agenda. I think that that is very possible. So it's not, it's not that nest, the hominoid thing is like my crazy little jab into the interview but it's that that's (laughs) obviously just conjecture but what makes more sense is what you say is that there are royal bloodlines that people who have had knowledge for thousands of years and that they don't even know how to like did you ever see when that royal guy because like i like i said i don't watch the news so everything's secondhand but some i saw a clip of this royal guy that was being interviewed about his friendship with jeffrey epstein and Like, it seemed like this guy was so disconnected as a prince that, like, he didn't even know how to act in such a way that he didn't sound evil. Do you you recall seeing a clip like that where he's trying to justify being friends with Jeffrey Epstein? It's a prince or something? Well, he probably had no idea. I mean, he was probably left in the dark intentionally because he wasn't part of this lineage. He just happened to be a part of the bloodline. So I don't know. I mean, who knows what goes on? I, I really don't dive into to that part of the world because it, it's so hard to prove, you know? So, right, right. No. Well, I'm just saying that I'm just saying that I saw a clip of a person of royalty being interviewed and yeah, I, I it was almost it. like they didn't have someone there to explain to them how they should act like they've been bred to psychopathy so bad that when they think that they're giving a good response that a regular human would accept instead they don't realize that they sound like a an elitist prick so so he wasn't briefed and and you know you know like like an act i mean all these people who get on television who speak for whatever organization they represented uh, they are, they have a script. They, they know the line of questioning that's going to happen before they get the question. Otherwise they wouldn't even be on television. Right. And so everything is planned. I, I do believe that. Yeah. Oh no, it's planned. So what I'm saying is let's say that he got the questions in advance. So he knew how he was going to answer them. He knew what to expect and he knew what he was going to be lying about, you know, like how he was Mm going to conduct himself, but he did a crappy job because he doesn't spend enough time interacting with the regular plebes. That's my Um, point is that he couldn't play the part well, because he's that much of a different like species, you know, like, but then again, you've got people like my mom and Uh, Jason and I showed her like some pretty good montage footage of Biden being a little bit, you know what, like just wait, did I lose audio? Um, You know, just him, like the way he's smelling people's hair. And my mom, who's a very staunch, like my mom, like thinks that she has something to do with Obama getting elected. Like she's just like really into being a Democrat and like we can do this, blah, 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 totally vaccinated. She's looking at this like thing of, of Joe Biden and all the smelling and the music and it's all creepy. And afterwards, Jason and I are looking at her and we're like, we can't wait to see what she has to say. And she said, well, I just think he's a very affectionate man. Oh yeah. That's what they all say. Oh my God. My, my, my uh, mother-in-law, she's, she's kind of like in that. And we, 
my wife does a better job of flat smacking people. And, and we had this like long conversation that I would never touch because, you know, she's my in-law and, uh, and I was like, you go ahead and lead the way. And she was like, you know, and then made all these examples and showed her video clips of Joe Biden and, you know, that same montage. And mm-hmm. I, I was just sitting there like, yeah, I agree with her. <laughs> so it's all a matter of perception and also whether what knowledge you have. I mean, we have background knowledge, so it's obvious to us. Yeah. But if that was like a montage that was interlaced with other grandpas who love their grandchildren you know like in the editing you know what I mean it's just like it's all about it's creepy the belief that the preconceived notions and your cognitive bias so that's why we don't we try not to have a cognitive bias and that's what I learned from Mark Passio is that what you have to do is you have to balance your brain and I'll preface this by saying that it's not true that there's like an actual left brain or right brain that's metaphorical. So your left brain is like the masculine, the logic, the action, and the right brain is your like feminine intuition. And you don't want to be imbalanced because if you're constantly thinking about lot about um, what you're going to do without the intuition to, 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 inspire, then you won't take that action. And I like to call that paralysis by analysis. But if you're always going by your feelings and your intuitions, then you're not going to be heading in the right direction. Because if you're going on a, you know, mile long hike, and you take the first step in the wrong direction, you're not going to end up in the right place. So it's all about having that alchemical marriage within within your brain, where you're neither too skeptical or too naive, and you can hold an idea in your mind without accepting it or rejecting it. And it's a practice that you do where I can consider a thought without getting an emotion emotional about it. Can we do an example right now for you and your audience? Mm. I'm going to say something and then we're going to just see, I'm going to, as an example, I'm going to say something and then your audience, there are going to be some people out there that are going to have an emotional reaction and they're going to try to hold the idea in their mind without being too skeptical or too naive and just think without trying to get emotional. All right, here we go. There are some studies that say that people would get much better and healthier if they drank their urine. Ew. So everyone hearing that right now, did anyone have an emotional reaction? I still do. When I hear that to this day, I it's still, I'm like, no. I'm no, afraid no. to try that. <laughs> what? I'm afraid to try that. Well, you know, Amanda Vollmer, she calls it the fresh, the first catch of the day where your first pee, you know, you pee a little, just like you're giving a sample and you take a shot of it with your orange juice. And there is evidence to support this. But like I said before about eating the fruit of the meat, everybody's different. And there are so many different ways that you can heal yourself. So for me personally, urine therapy, it's not something that I'm probably ever going to try, but I am willing to try a lot of other weird stuff like RSO oil for cancer. If I was diagnosed with cancer, I would slam myself with so much RSO oil that I would need to be put in a baby cage so that I wouldn't like hurt myself or like, you know, get into the van naked and drive away. So, but some people, if they get diagnosed with cancer, 
they would never take RSO because they just don't want to feel the THC psychological effects. So maybe for them, they'd rather try that. So everybody has multiple options. No one should ever feel bad that they're not trying something that, you know, other people that helped other people. And nobody should ever think that something that worked for another person is going to work for them. We are all our own researchers with our own bodies that were born in different geographical locations at different times under the sky clock. And, um, you know, our parents and grandparents and everything they ate, which is affecting the evolution of our microbiome what do you think of that i think it's great i mean you you can't force anybody to take something and plus they have to believe in it if they don't believe in it themselves it's not going to work no matter what they take so there, there's a lot of um you know i mean you i mean i take a lot of things but if if i don't believe that it's going to help me more than likely it's not going to help at all because our body and our mind have a, a, a physical, physiological response. And so whatever you're taking, I mean, it could be a placebo, but if you believe it's going to heal you, it's, it's probably going to heal you. <laughs> yes, I am so into that. Have you looked into the work of Bruce Lipton or Joe Dispenza? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so they're like too popular now, and I couldn't get, I can't get them on Crochable 7 Radio. And same wow. with Wim Hof. So those are some really good researchers that you might want to look into because then maybe you can, um, you know, keep moving the research forward and we can get some more less popular people <laughs> talking about the topic and working together uh, to, because that's the idea is the idea is the power of combining the mind and the body. It's that whole al alchemical marriage of, of giving your body the, the components, the building lives, the building blocks of life. And then there's your energetic pathways, like the whole idea that, you know, this tooth is like part of a voltage to my, through my spleen, it's spleen and maybe down through my, uh, I don't know, like a femur artery. And there's all these uh, voltage pathways. If you look into Jerry Tennant, so everybody's different. And, and it's, and so for me, I feel like if I really do the, my own research and I know my body and how things affect me, mm -hmm. I'm going to try things just like one at a time, maybe give it a couple weeks. And then if I'm not noticing an improvement, go, go to the next thing. Cause we have only so much time yeah. on earth to try all the supplements and remedies in the world. Right. And people are constantly spouting off what they take and their suggestions. And, you know, it's not always going to be the right combination. You know, I mean, there's That's so many, true. I mean, I constantly learning and trying different things and all right, well, here's the cocktail to help you prevent from prevent you from getting COVID. And, you know, and so I, I or just the symptoms associated <laughs> with this, what, it, what right. is called COVID. Yeah. But <sighs> if you toxify your body, I mean, you're going to catch a cold and it's going to have the same symptoms and it'll look like it, you probably test positive. <laughs> Well, if you, well, if you toxify your body, then it's going to be really hard for you to get rid of those toxins if your colon and liver are not clean. So you could probably get away with uh, getting toxins in your body if you have a clean liver and colon. So it's actually the people who don't have a clean liver and colon that are more susceptible to those symptoms. Yep. And um, so I think it's all about 
prevention, prophylactic measures. And then if you have symptoms of something, it means that like something's off with your energy and that your body is detoxing itself because it couldn't handle the environment. So like, for example, people will get colds. Like I actually get nauseous sometimes when the weather starts to change because my spinal cord is like, what is going on? How do I regulate this? Yeah. Um, actually just this past week, I've had really bad allergies and, uh, I've noticed that I've been looking in the sky and I, they see all the, the chemtrail sprays and it's, it's affecting me. So they're spraying hardcore to change whatever weather that they can to Mm -hmm. make it cold. I mean, Dallas was like one of the originations of weather modifications. I mean, you can look up their website. It's just weathermodification.org. And it's been, it yeah. started in 1971. And so yeah. they've been testing. You got to listen and- to episode 73. Episode 73 on Triple Seven Radio is on weather modification. You want to hear a really interesting fact about weather modification? Sure. Okay. So according to international law, you are not permitted to modify the weather when a war is declared. So remember Agent Orange in Vietnam and all that stuff? That wasn't a war. That was a conflict. The last declared war was World War II. And since then, we have never officially by Congress declared war. It's all been conflicts. And that's because we're always modifying the weather now. And there are documents like I'm sure you know about the one that says owning the weather by 2025. Yes. Actually, I saw... a lecture at Yale and there this this was done in 2017 that they were going to start the weather modifications in 2020 <laughs> start <laughs> and uh there was another there was another article saying that they were going to start uh, weather modifications in 2019 in in uh Nevada so they've been doing it this this entire time but they they put out these articles just to cover their tracks but, yeah, it's revelation of the method because yeah. first it was crazy chemtrails and then they started calling it geoengineering. And then they say, we need to do geoengineering in order to save the planet. Oh, of course, yeah. then blaming the humans for, you know, cow farts. So it's just, it's all, it's, it's poppy, poppycock beyond the pale. Right. Cause I remember being a child and, and laying on the grass. I mean, I have very specific memories of laying on the grass watching planes go by and watching the contrails disappear Mm -hmm. as the planes would fly by. And nowadays, I mean, they just, they never disappear. They're there the entire day and they, they spread out and it just looks so artificial and I'm, I'm feeling the effects. Like I should not be having, uh, these allergy attacks like I am. Well, I can actually know how to help you with that too. Hmm. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So the way to heal your allergies forever, unless we're talking about some new weird nanoparticle that's going to fry your brain. I'm talking about like the regular allergies. If you're feeling the symptoms of allergies every year and you're like, oh no, it's that time of year where I get allergies. This is what you do. You find a beekeeper in your local area and you get a jar jar of raw organic honey from that farmer in your area and you slam that entire thing of that local honey 
or maybe eat half of it and half of it the next morning. I don't know if that'll give you a tummy ache, but just eat it all at once as much as you can. And you, the next year, next year, you will not have allergies. Now, if you move locations, you might have to do it all over again for that location, but that's the key. The the bees know, the bees are the ones pollinating all these things. So I think that's the connection that their honey is like the antidote. Well, when I first moved to Dallas, I did just that. We went to a, a farmer's market who said they lived within, you know, with, within the, the area where, where they sold the honey. And so I was putting it in everything. And I was good for about uh, up, up until about the end of this year. So I probably just need to do it again. Just eat all of it. Get more. Get all yeah. of it and then eat it at once. Like try it, like just be like, look, this is like me trying to take a shot of whiskey and I don't like the taste of alcohol. Just eat the whole freaking jar. Otherwise, Maybe I have to take a nap every every day. I'm so freaking tired. I have a headache. I, I feel like I have uh, vertigo constantly. And this is since you moved to Dallas? Um, well, this is recent. Or since because of the because of the the spraying is what yeah. you think that's your your hypothesis is the spraying i think that what can be going on is that it's just a full spectrum attack and what they're spraying is just a, is probably different from region to region because i look at us like we are a huge petri dish and they're experimenting on us they're seeing how certain things affect people in different areas they're <laughs> testing out how people respond to different disasters or natural disasters so I think that they're just trying to, you know, get that data. Like, in fact, this interview that we're having right now is kind of, in a way, informing the artificial intelligence, however you want to look at that, and the data collection about how people like us think, how people like, oh, why does my computer say it's a blowing weather, blowing, running low on battery? Um, why does it... Um, what was I just saying? I'm so sorry. Oh, they're collecting data. So whatever we're they're collecting saying... data, we're giving them more information. So they'll figure out and like they'll statistically figure out what the next thing to do they can do to confuse us. We're, and we're satisfying us. their analysis. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, oh, they were we really are affecting them. Look at these these uh, these conspiracy theorists. You know, they're, yeah, they're telling so... the, they're telling the truth. <laughs> That's why when we when all these things happen, like let's for example the um, the concert thing that happened where people just had heart attacks and passed out, you know that is just so interesting to me. But and I'm I'm making an effort not to waste my time uh, focusing on that because I find it very interesting. Is it that the graphene oxide and the vaccines were uh, interacting with the EMF frequencies coming from the instruments or did they intentionally add frequencies to the music? Um, or, you know, sometimes shit happens and, you know, people will have a heart attack because they were very smushed together. I mean, there's so many theories and I've already wasted brain cycles in, and time during our interview, even giving attention to that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see if I'm going to scoot over and make sure my computer's plugged in so we, I don't just disappear. Oh, because are, are you on a laptop? Yeah. And I, because the webcam on my other desktop makes me look like a fuzzy angel with a halo around <laughs> me and I can't figure out why. So I just put my laptop in front of my computer. What oh, is going funny. on here? 
why is this not charging? And that's the thing is like, I love doing these guest appearances, but like I always have to make sure I'm set up and Jason has to work on editing the show. We're about to put out a new episode as soon as possible. Oh, did you hear that? Yep. Okay, so it's plugged in and I don't have to bother Jason. <laughs> Save me. Yes. So I, I, I don't know if you know, but I, 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 I'm a teacher, but um, I do my... know. And that's what I, I love the fact that you're kind of your show wasn't always about this stuff and you're a teacher. So not only are you influencing children in a positive way, just by just by the energy of you being a real human that understands the divine spark is going to have an impact on them. I know it. Thank you so much for what you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I just I don't even influence these kids and they come up to me and they came up with these great ideas. And I'm like, oh, my God, you, you guys are like reading my mind. I mean, I don't even teach this stuff. And yet they're coming to me I'm like, oh, I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't believe in it. Can I write this article? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> and then I'll and when I find articles, I'm like, here, here's here's another article. here's another article. Like we found an article by the, the University of Georgia and they discovered that they were putting graphene oxide in the the flu vaccine so the kids found that out independently yes. of the news and the conspiracy world right that's incredible you know there was a statue that i grew up with in santa barbara at this place called franceschi park where we would always go because the person it was it's a mansion that was donated to the town and it was this weird and i always wondered why the statue said this but around this little child statue it said in inscripted in the stone the children will save the world and I never understood, like, I would try to wrap my mind around it. But now I understand because you can't suppress the human spirit. So even if they were able to, um, you know, brainwash every single adult out there and make every child used to vaccinations and um, injections, there's always going to be hope because there's always going to be people like you and me out there that will just see that something's wrong and that they will not accept it. Right. And so while there might be good times and bad times, and while we might, as a result of human chosen willful ignorance, we might go through a time of discomfort as a result. It's it, there will be a better time again. And um, one last thing before I before I switch it over to you is that 2020 was the year of perfect vision. We've been seeing this coming. We've been talking about it on Triple Seven Radio. If you listen to it from the beginning of the show, you'll hear us talking about 2020 coming up. We first started really talking about it when Crow's Channel was removed in 2017 after talking about the Las Vegas event. So then we jump in from 2020 to 2021. That's where we are right now. And 2021 is Blackjack, the idea of the 777. So you can look at 777 as a positive or a negative way, but it's a very special number. And it, and so then the next one is going to be 22. Now, 11 is what they call the evilest of numbers by, as Alistair Crowley says, but there's no such thing as an evil number. It's all about intent. And in Freemasonry, when you double a number, you double its power. So 22 would be the master builder number, but 2022 is even tripling that. So I see 2022 as being laying the foundation of something that's being built, of 
the, the goals. So this is the time for us to fight because we, it won't work if, if they don't lay that foundation. If nobody ever put on a mask from the beginning, none of this, we wouldn't be where we are today. So we have to be really careful in 2020 to not capitulate to any new things that might come out like a microchip or, or whatever, because then we're going to get to 2023. And what is 2023 backwards? Three, two, two, skull and bones, mm. death stores, 44. We got to think about the ideas about around death. So when we are talking about the topic of depopulation, a lot of people do like to predict these things. And I did my own little version of like conspiracy theorists, numerology stuff. But the point is, is that we are going down a path and we don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but there's a plan, but there will always be hope even just one person that makes a stand like if someone makes a stand in a room full of people that you think are all going to be against you you might inspire someone there who was too afraid to do what you just did so never 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 giving give up being the one person in the room that does the right thing yeah i i have one of these co co-workers uh she's a teacher as well and um she lost her her, her mother to covid and you know i I little by literal was like, you know, you need to stop watching television, stop living in fear, stop complying to all this. And, you know, at first she was very resistant and she was, you know, believed everything that she was being told. And then after she lost her mom, she started to, she turned off her television. She started to like not comply. She stopped wearing a mask all everywhere and in, in, the, in the classrooms. And, um, you know, little by little, there was like a little bit of hope. I, I can see this like little light in her that she she realizes that, you know, we're, we're being lied to, but she can't really be open with with everybody. So I she's all she I'm just giving her, you know, an opportunity that like, you know, you can always talk to me. And because um, it, it's very, you know, I have to be really careful. Like I have friends that thankfully I have friends that are, that are awoken and, and don't comply. And, you know, they're against all the mandates and all that stuff. And we all That's have great. to like stick together because if, yeah. if, if it ever comes down, like we all need to band together and fight it as hard as we can, because, you know, force them to fire us if they, if, if we have to. But, uh, I, oh, good. I'm glad you brought up that point because anytime I put my voice out there, we have to make sure that people don't quit their jobs. Yeah. Getting fired is your golden ticket for a lawsuit for wrongful termination. It's all in the mind. It's fear and suggestion. Do not forget what they're doing is illegal and that anyone who might tell you otherwise, they just don't know. They don't, they know not what they do. So let them fire you, get well, you know, this is the opportunity for me to just say on the show, you really, if anyone is being threatened for being that they need to get vaccinated to keep their job, that they need to wear a mask, that they want to do anything that they don't want to do to their bodies, please contact me. And what I will do is I will send you the complete updated list of our law series and the documents associated with it. And I will give you the tools necessary for you to protect yourself because there is zero excuse. When I see someone, uh, you know, anywhere on social media or the internet that says, oh, it's, it's so unfortunate I had to take the jab for my job. BS. It means that either you were too lazy to fight for yourself or the information wasn't available to you and you didn't know. So that's why I'm trying to constantly convince people to not only um, contact me to learn this now before they're put into that position so that they're ready to go, 
but also so that they can help their friends and families as well. Strength in numbers. I had one office, uh, my friend Stephen, he gave my paperwork, and this was a while back when the, when the package was like six documents. Now we've got 37 in the package. His daughter shared the package with the other people in the office that didn't want to do it. She had no idea, but the document spread and 40% of the office submitted the documents. And so they were like, screw it. We can't run the company if we fire 40 people. And they just removed the mandate. It really is about just standing up for you are a human. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, we had our, our little meetup over the weekend and I gave out a bunch of copies and I've been emailing them like crazy. So anybody who, who's watching the show right now, if you want the, the living will or affidavits or you want the whole package that Rose gave me, because think th- you can thank Rose because she's the one that gave me the, the, the packets. So and, and according to you, they, they're increasing. So there's more information. Yeah. You pretty much if, if you're people should email me at, like maybe once a month by default or just stay up to date on the episodes. Like for example, uh, we're about to um, record an episode with someone who was able to successfully decline the vaccine for a multinational company that is a government contractor in a very Uh high level position. I don't wanna talk too much about it because I am connected to this, you know, like I wanna help the people around me, right? So um, I am very close to it. So I wanna say as little bit as possible, but not only did it work for him, but it also worked for his sister-in-law. He gave it to his brother's wife and she works for a different multinational government contractor company. And it worked, the same paperwork worked for both of them. So those I, I already have those documents and I already am going to be including them in the package. Uh, but you have to wait for the episode to come out before you understand like the story behind those documents and what they mean. So it is all about listening to the episodes along with documents. So you understand the difference. Another thing that I don't know if you've received from me is the Steve Socha documents. Did you hear the episode with Steve Socha? Because that's important. Um, I've heard all of them so far and, and i i've been going backwards in in the the episode so I, I was down to like 173 and then whenever you guys post a new podcast i go all the way back to the beginning and so i forget that's how i back. did this transcripts so <laughs> so for your listeners um like this is another example of why you should keep in touch with me so steve socha who's a listener of ours he took a combination of the knowledge that he learned from the law series. And he put, took a document and he read it to the school board um, for a system in Ohio. And his son didn't even go to that school district. His son, well, he should have been homeschooled in my opinion, but he goes to Montessori. But because this mandate was happening and he cares about the children, he put together this document. He read it out loud to the school board. So we did an episode about how the mask mandate was removed as a result of that and provided the documents so that anybody can go and just present it to their school board in their local area. Along with the letter that he read to them, there's a second document where he 
it gives instructions, explains things a little more. And so sometimes people will email me and they'll say things like, please send me the documents for Steve Socha. And I'll send that along with the updated mm. law series list so that I don't overwhelm them. But then other times people send, say, send me everything you've got. Or other times someone will say, oh my gosh, I really want to have a home birth, but I just want to be prepared in case for some reason the baby's breached and I end up in the hospital. How do I have an affidavit? So my recommendation is that even though it might sound overwhelming, ask me for the whole entire package. Read the whole thing and then you'll get a holistic comprehension. Sorry, someone's calling me on Skype. I can't believe you. Um, and you'll gain a holistic comprehension of these ideas because every situation is different. And here's the other thing. When you're dealing with these button pushers who are just following orders and doing their job to tell you that you have to do something, I mean, they're, they don't really know what they're they're doing so i mean you have to sometimes come up with like a dumbed down version for them or you have to you have to stand your ground a couple times and they're sorry that that um call distracted me from going in the right direction but oh, i'll give you right. another example with taxes all right mm -hmm. here's a little secret about taxes i mean anyone who's watching the show here knows that it's a fraud and that our labor shouldn't be taxed and it's unconstitutional but nobody wants to like poke the bear and deal with it you know like it goes without that whole topic can go out without saying but i'm going to give you the bottom line here we have a lot of people that contact us that don't pay taxes and they are business owners and they were operate within the system, but they don't want to come on the show. They just want to like, let us know that it is true. It is legit. So, like I said, I'm not an expert, but with all the people that I talk to, here's the common thing is that you stay in honor and you write letters to them and you prove to them that you really did figure out you know what? I figured it out. This is fraud. I'm exempt from this. This has nothing to do with me. And no matter what the what document you send them, no matter how you send it, no matter what method, the truth is that you really are like they really are breaking the law. So what happens generally is you are put to the test psychologically. They do psychological warfare on you. They'll come to your door. They'll send you letters. They'll threaten you because that's all they've got. They've right. just got fear and suggestion. And there's three times. I don't know why this is the people that contact me. And, and this goes in other areas of the law world too. I don't know what it is, if it's like a synchronism thing, or if there's some kind of spiritual reason, but three times you, you stand up to them and you really know your stuff. They'll never bug you again. They yeah. don't want, they won't mess you up with you. It's done. It's all in the mind. Right. So and when you get people you like uh, when you get those people that they put on the news who go to jail for taxes, like who is that guy who is uh, Wesley Snipes? Oh, yeah. There was some story about him. It's just because he didn't know. He didn't understand it was fraud. So he probably just went through their system and like hired an accountant or who knows what happened. But they really put the story out there for for the agenda so that people like us would be too scared to be right. who we are, or which is a human hammer. being. <laughs> Wow, Rose. I mean, that was a lot of great information and we didn't really talk about flat earth, but we could probably do that another time. But uh, if you I could go a little bit longer if you want to talk about flat earth. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I would just ask, like, how did how did you come to the realization that the earth was not a sphere? Not, <laughs> not, a, not a globe. OK, I mean, so all you have to do is look. 
and just observe, honestly. Yeah, but but you have to make the decision to do that, <laughs> yeah. to really open your eyes instead of looking down at your phone and listening to, uh, you know, whatever expert is on there talking to you or whatever teacher told you something. Maybe you had a teacher when you were young and you really respected them and you loved them so much and you would think they would never lie to me. And like, how could there be a teacher that didn't know what they were talking about, you know? So it's like, this is all from the beginning. Now, for me in high school, the one thing that I struggled with, I was a straight A student um, all throughout high school. Until, of course, I got sent to military boot camp and didn't do my senior year, but that's another story. Um, so I in physics, I had questions about physics and I felt like the teachers didn't have a good answer for me. And since generally I, you know, like with chemistry, that was easy for me because that's equations, balancing equations, you know, right. or, uh, you know, but, but with physics, I had some problems. And so I kind of just stopped asking questions and regurgitated. I actually, at the end of a semester, had a B plus and I talked my way up to an A minus. I don't even remember how I did that, but I never questioned science after that because I thought maybe these concepts are just not the kind of intelligence I have as there are many forms of intelligence, emotional intelligence, spatial intelligence. I mean, you're a teacher, I don't need to tell you. So I didn't pay attention and I just... I loved Neil deGrasse Tyson. I loved how he would always say, let's bask in the majesty of the universe. You know what I mean? All those like buzzwords and things like we are stardust. And I would see, I would follow that uh, page on um, Facebook. I fucking love science. And I'd see like the cat's eye neb nebula. Then I'd like post and be like, oh, I just can't believe how insignificant we are. <laughs> you like, know? Why wouldn't you believe in space? You know? So then um, I'm hooking up with Jason. I moved in with Jason. And by that time, I'm like all in with the Pasio crowd, crowd where, you know, he doesn't accept flat earth. Um, he went, he, he, does, he, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to Mark about flat earth, but it, he's, it seems to upset him so much that, you know, everyone has a time to look into something. You never want to force it. But at the time, right. I'm a very open person. And also I don't mind triggering people. So like I wrote uh, post and I'm like I'm interested in meeting a flat earther and da, 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 da. and it, it just became this huge thing that I didn't want to get into but I move in with Jason finally and I find I'm looking at the lunar wave for the first time and even when they were recording I'm like when is this guy going to stop talking about crow because I just want to listen to Jason because I'm falling in love with Jason and I just want to hear his voice but then I'm listening to crow and war and more and then he started going into the idea of seeing too far and then also with all of the false flags, um, Jason is very close with David Weiss. So I remember when our kittens were born and I would like be playing with the little kittens, I'd hear Jason stomping back and forth, talking to David Weiss and I'd be hearing things. And so, you know, Crow doesn't call himself a flat earther. He says the, the earth is misdescribed because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to join groups. Right. But um I finally woke up to it because of what Jason and I did at Lake Pond. Well, okay, really, hold on, let me back up. Jason did a presentation on social engineering at the Flat Earth International Conference in 2019. And when I went there, I had no interest in being seen there because of the mockery that was made of that Netflix documentary. Yeah. I, I really had no interest in it. I just wanted to support my boyfriend, go to 
and I only really entered the building for his presentation. And so in 2019, and by that time I had already met David Weiss when we did our shoot the moon meeting in New York. And it was like, oh, David Weiss is the flat earth guy. He's got the app. So I wasn't a flat earther at that time in November of 2019. And then Jason and I, after that, we took our P-1000 to Lake Pontchartrain here in Louisiana. We live on the North Shore in Covington. So we went to Mandeville and with the P-1000, we did this many, many, many days. And depending on the atmosphere, it's really frustrating. You just never, it's just the timing, the weather. But one day we zoomed in on the top of the Superdome. So you can look at the skyline of Louis of uh, New Orleans right now, and you'll see that the Superdome is a bright white roof. There is absolutely no other thing that that could possibly be when you see it. It's a it's a domey white dome. There's nothing, no other building like it that size. And so it definitely was the Superdome. Now, Lake Pontchartrain itself, the bridge that goes over it, the longest bridge in, the, in America, is 24 miles wide. The Superdome, according to Google Maps, is 33.5 miles away, but I wouldn't call that exact because when you're they're, they're talking about driving. You know, so you kind of have to imagine your head. So I tried to be nice to the globe. And so I reduced it to 30 miles you know, just, just for the left trans turns and right hand turns and put, and did the math for that. Cause, we, because the, uh, Superdome is 273 feet tall. So according to the heliocentric model, eight inches per mile squared, that top of the roof should have been his, hidden by the supposed geometric horizon. Now, the people who believe in the globe will cite something called refraction, that light is lifting up the image of the building so that you can see it. But then if you look into the equation of, it's actually not refraction, it's a made up equation that they call standard refraction. And one of the variables of that equation is the radius of the earth. And we have only dug as far as eight miles into mm -hmm. the earth. So they're pre-assuming one of the variables. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, seven, so when I plug it in, miles, we've only yeah, dug. If, I, if I plug it into the thing and I just pretend that the Superdome's 24 miles away, it should have still been hidden by the geometric horizon. If I was 15 feet tall, it should have been covered by the geometric. I played with the equation all the way. I was very nice. I did my best, but I'm sorry. The eight inches per mile squared equation is incorrect in the realm that we are living in. The refraction is complete bullshit because otherwise it would look, it would, it would look like a mirage and it would be wavy and you would see a reflection of light. So the dome would just be like a, like a, a, a reflection of light. It wouldn't be the actual building, you know, like, like they said in the, the news, like, oh, what you see here is a mirage. It's a mirage. Yeah, it's total BS. And I know, I know. It's really all it takes. So that's what it took for me. And, I, and so for me, I am a flat earther. And I do take on the label. And so my, I'll tell you my reason in opposition to crows is that I am so angry 
at the ruling elite or whatever you want to call it. I'm so mad at that I got lied to. It hurt so much that I got tricked. I can't believe that I voted for Bush. I can't believe that I thought that Clinton was cool because he talked about pot in 1992 on Nickelodeon. I can't believe that I got brainwashed into watching TRL after school at 3 p.m. that had Britney Spears, even though I was a metalhead. I do not understand. I never understood the world. There was something wrong with it. And so as a statement of my disdain for where we are in this world, I am a flat earther. We have been lied to. And that is the basis. Anyone I know who says who says they're a flat earther, I know that they have poppycock radar and they're not going to get <laughs> tricked. And so they're probably not going to be dangerous to me by, yeah. you know, complying and making humanity fall into the pit of despair. That's why I love being a flat earther, because it doesn't just wake you up to the, the curvature of the earth. It wakes you up to everything. You detect bullshit when you hear it. And you're just more aware of like your surroundings, what you're seeing on television. You know that it's a lie, that everything on television is not real. So I, I don't remember what actress it was, but she said, if it's on television, it's not real. And I, I wish I, I, I tried looking up that quote so many times. <laughs> but I can't find it. You'll probably find a lot of people saying like saying stuff like that. I mean, I remember that there's a clip of Denzel Washington saying, if you uh, read the news, if you don't listen to the news, you're uninformed. If you read the news, you're misinformed or something like that, that demonstrated that he that knew right. it's poppycock. Yeah. You know, like you, like, like I don't on the baby truther show, for example, I'm on the baby truther show with um, Alex and David and Jaren. And a lot of times when they talk about um, news stories, I, I really just don't even know what they're talking about. And I, I don't I know don't what either. to say. So, you know, it's kind of rough for me on that show because I want to talk about things that, that like are on my mind that I think are important. Um, so maybe what they could, maybe I should ask them to preface their conversations with a little synopsis yeah. <laughs> for the, those of us that don't pay attention. But Kelsey, my friend Kelsey, who I woke up, that's the first video on my channel. I, I knew that I, that's why I started my channel is I knew that if my friend Kelsey could understand that the COVID hoax was real, the hope it was a hoax that she could open up to flat earth so i told david i was gonna flat smack her he said that he'd show up for it he put it on his flat earth map i had over 200 people watching nice. my first flat smacking and so then the next day kelsey bent over and showed her butt on a live stream <laughs> and uh and that is why my channel got attention thanks to david weiss and kelsey's beautiful butt that's funny yeah i just watched that today <laughs> <laughs> oh my Kelsey flat smacking or the yeah. one where she bent over yeah when you told me you were going to be late so I was like all right I'll just finish watching this <laughs> how funny that was a long yeah. time ago yeah I mean it's only a year ago a lot's happened since then though almost like two years though man because that was really? the beginning of 2020 and now we're at like the end of 2021 yeah man. it's crazy two years I just reposted my rant about masks uh that I did, I think it was in June of 2020. And I just reposted it because I, I, I just, I just feel like my, my call to action was, was not, it didn't happen. <laughs> but I mean, now if I just can keep trying to get people to understand, I, I'm just never going to give up, man. I'm never going to give up. 
Well, I was really nervous to to be open. I knew I needed to speak up because I had a platform that I could just talk about what was happening, the hoax and flat earth. And it took me a long time to have the courage to do it because I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I'm not as um, articulated in ha- explaining flat earth and all the evidence. Like I know a lot, like I can pull up stuff and I have all these notes, but it doesn't come out of me fluid. And so I, that's why I love just having people on and, and having people on who know more than more than me. Cause I'm still learning. I feel yeah. like I'm still a sophomore because I became a flat earther at the beginning of last year. Right and on. So we're like almost twins kind of with, with the timing. Have you interviewed Bob Nodell yet from Globusters? Not yet. I'm, I'm a little intimidated because he's, he's, Oh, so you don't need to be. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. He, he also likes Megadeth. He's, he's a headbanger. He's cool. He's a normal guy, just like you and me. And I had him on my show to help explain to me when I did my first flat earth debate afterwards, I was like, wait a second. Am I dumb? Am I dumb? Am I dumb? Did I just make a fool of myself? And then afterwards, like, no, Rose, you did great. And they gave me the reasons why the stuff that they wrote said back didn't make any sense, but I didn't have the foundational knowledge of physics to recognize what they were saying as correct or incorrect. Like they talked about like how mass attracting mass and how boats can like magnetize and fly towards each other. And I was like, well, I never heard of that. So maybe they are right. (laughs) You know, so it's really important just to stick to the basics because it's so obvious, but I could tell you now, um, about Bob Nodell in that hit piece they did on him, they make it seem like he proved the spinning of the earth. Yeah. But I had him on my show to explain why he actually proved that it wasn't. So there's this 15 degree drift that they say is detected by a gyroscope, which would match the 24 hours per day. Okay. So in they, they Franken edited the whole movie together and Jaron said that's interesting and they did this and that and the other or whatever and there was oh, a 15 yeah. degree shift but check this out Bob did this experiment at two different locations so imagine the Colorado mountains and imagine the Colorado valley at the same latitude and at the same latitude they got a different result. So if they get a different result at the same latitude, it's not due to the spinning, but I can tell you what it could be, which would make perfect sense. Imagine the flat earth model. Imagine a toroidal field of the luminiferous ether and like the North Pole is the whole part of the donut Mm -hmm. or how a tornado is moving faster below, but at this altitude, it's spinning at a different rate, right? Right. So what the gyroscope could possibly be detecting is the luminous ether, but it's definitely not the spinning of the earth. Right. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I've heard that before, but it's hard for me to wrap my head around it, you know. But you, but after time of when you see you can't don't feel intimidated by anyone in this community because all of us want to help each other understand that it really is that simple. I'm not so intimidated. just like with the legal stuff. It, it's more it's, of no, a, not by them. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It, it's more of an admiration. It's like he's like the, the 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 top pedestal, you know, because he's the one that I mean, Bob and and Cammy. I mean, they're they're so they're so experienced in this this research field that you know it's kind of like 
oh my god you know like like the first time i met jeff gordon i did i was able to ask him a question and i couldn't think of the question because i was like starstruck you know <laughs> and that's what it was well, that's like it's good to write it down in advance but you yeah. know what i think that you know what i think that i wouldn't be surprised i i, I mean I don't want to speak for Bob and Cammy, but I mean, I don't really see them invited on shows very often. And I would be willing to guess that they wish that people would invite them to go out and spread their knowledge. Now, I hope I might get a message on Skype any second if he's listening and say, don't say that, Rose. I don't want to go on other shows. <laughs> but it's like, or maybe he would be picky because I mean, there are so I'll many ask. trolls out there. He's open to it. He'll be open into it if you're a flat earther and if you're just trying to learn. Um, you, you know, man, it's like, like, for example, he'll never go on modern day debate because whoever they'll oh have debating him is, a, is an idiot and they'll, it'll just be um, an ad hominem attack. But, but, but Bob and Cammy, they want to share their knowledge. And for people that are open and aren't trolls and trying to like put them into a trap to mock, that's for David Weiss. David Weiss likes to talk to those people. Yeah. <laughs> he likes yeah. to talk to people who think flat earth is stupid. I mean, he's like but, a professional at it now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and I'm actually probably going to be doing some more flat smacking with him soon. Thanks to Kelsey finding people who are willing. It's harder and harder to find people that will that will do it um, because most people are catching on. Yeah, yeah. I'll, def I'll definitely reach out to him. Um, I, I definitely want to work on my documentary. I'm working on a flat earth. It's kind of like my journey to how I became a flat earther. And, in, you know, because I'm going to talk about you know, when I was a kid and how my dad told me not to touch the globe because that was Satan's work. And that was my first introduction to flat earth, but we weren't known as flat earthers. We just knew that the globe was a lie. So you've uh, always known that the globe was alive. And we never discussed it. I was six years old. And so he, the way he reacted, don't touch that. And so I was scared. So I never what brought do you mean it up by again. Touch? What do you mean by touch? Like there was a globe in the house that you weren't allowed to physically touch or yeah, you're not like, allowed to touch the idea. We went, I, I don't know whose house we went to and we went to go visit that person. And then they had a globe just sitting on their, on their desk. And so I reached up to grab it cause I just wanted to play with it and spin it. And uh, my dad said, don't touch that. And I, I just said, why? And he's like, Satan created that. And so, oh my gosh, that is yeah. that is such an interesting story. What what is your father still with us? Yes, yeah. He's well, a why flat don't you ask too. him? Oh, well, he's a flat earther now. He doesn't remember saying that. And oh. when I told him like all this, all this evidence, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, the Earth is flat." Like, like it was just but, like regular, like like he always knew. But he it, just it was, was one of those chill people that just didn't need to like talk about it. It was just fine enough for him to internally know. And he figured you'd figure it out for yourself one day, maybe. Right, right. <laughs> we wow. never got in, into any, any like deep conversations about it. But he, all the stuff that I would send him, like, you know, the videos that David would post, I would send to him and he would just like watch them and, oh yeah, that was cool. But he's like more into like all the, the COVID deception. <laughs> <laughs> that's good um i'm glad to hear that more but um does he uh that's so fascinating to me is he christian is he like a biblical cosmologist is that why you think he up until until i was about 11 we were jehovah's witnesses so okay we didn't subscribe to, to the pagan rituals because they were pagan right um, so you didn't help celebrate halloween and we we had Bible studies on the book of Enoch. 
which reveals a lot of information. And, and the Jehovah's Witnesses of now, they don't even study that. So it's very interesting how I'm curious when it changed and when they removed the Book of Enoch from, from the studies. Because it, well, not only that, but as someone who doesn't know that much about the Bible, um, you know, religion always creeped me out. My parents grew up in, in like the Jewish world and there's like two days of the year that Jewish people go. And I always just couldn't stand going there. I got a really bad vibe from it. None of it made sense to me. But I mean, these but, but do you think that maybe he um, so like with the Jehovah's Witnesses, they they ascribe okay so so what i'm taught as someone that wasn't taught biblical stuff isn't there a debate about the validity of the book of enoch and has that changed or been injected into the world mind because from my from my um like novice understanding of it the book of enoch is a questionable book that people aren't sure are is actually part of the bible that's always been and they can't be sure where it came from. Um, and then th- there was those that believe it was he was the, the great grandfather of or grandfather of Noah. So it's was supposed to precede the book of Genesis. So it was okay. supposed to be it was supposed to be included, but it was taken out for and I don't remember how or why or if it had to do something had to do with with the King James version or. You know, I, I didn't really investigate that part of it. I just knew. Well, it was a lot out. of people, a lot of people talk about the book of Enoch and I, sh- I should probably read it just so I can have an, a, a perspective of my own. But maybe it was during the rewriting of things during the like so-called dark ages when the Jesuits were rewriting history. Maybe the Roman Catholic Church uh, decided to remove that information because it contains some kind of alchemical knowledge that, that, that is actually still being held in like secret societies and stuff like that. Yeah. When, when I was listening to Austin Witsit's channel, um, he was doing a lot of Book of Enoch gravy talk. And so I was learning a lot just based on his uh, scripture studies. And um, a, a, lot of the, a lot of the things that are, that are in that, that book I mean, it, it's, it's so differently written. It's, it's like an actual story, but it reflects a lot of what's happening with like the, the sheep eating their own, like, you know, the, the leaders of the, of the sheep are the lambs and they'll, the sheep will slaughter you for, for, not, for not following their, the, the masses. You know, it's, there's a lot of reflection of what's happening in society now that's, that's in that book. So it's very fascinating. And it's, so a, it's good a blueprint. Read. Yes. It's like a blueprint and kind of like the playbook. So that makes sense to me that they wouldn't want people to have access to that playbook. Just kind right. of how people that say, oh, Nostradamus made that prediction and stuff. They didn't want that information to get out. And that's that's the purpose of occulting information is because they want people to think that Enoch is this, you know, mysterious thing that, you know, it's like an addendum that some sects of religions accept or don't accept when really it's just more censorship and more perversion and confusion pulling people's minds north, east, west, south, the purpose of the news yeah. in every direction so that you can't come to a decision. In the way that it's written, it's very direct. There's not room for alternative interpretation. It's pretty direct. And so it's easy to understand unless it was just in, interpreted incorrectly. So I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing uh, just Jack 
reinterpret it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So but, is there anything else about flat earth, flat earth you wanted to ask me? Uh, someone always complains that I don't ask specific, specific questions, but I don't like to go into complete detail. <laughs> I, no I think, worries. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll, I'll save those questions for Bob. Cool. All yeah. right. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it's such an honor and a pleasure and, and it's such a great uh, way to meet you finally. Hopefully we'll, we yes. can meet at one of the, the next uh, Flat Earth um, fests. And, That'd um, be great. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to try to organize like small meetups here in Dallas because, you know, I love meeting people in the area and we do need to build a community and just be able to reach out to each other just in case something catastrophic happens and, you know, maybe... Like my wife and I, we have walkie talkies and we're all, we're like, all right, check your batteries, make sure they're fresh. If I have to switch them out just in case the power grid goes down and we have to walk, you know, home, you know. Yeah, we're doing the same thing where we have our little prep room with emergency food. We've got generator. We've got a bunch of emergency batteries with solar panels. We're really taking this seriously. I mean, you never know, but it's but after going through Hurricane Ida, you just got to be, oh, yeah. it's better to be prepared to just have that peace of mind. I mean, we see how crazy people are. So like I said, like we all keep saying, nothing surprises us anymore. Yeah, I just, because um, my friend, he's a prepper. He's got all these like solar power backup generators and i'm like oh mm -hmm. i guess i better get one too so i bought a jackery <laughs> so i've like, got a couple jackeries i've got one of the biggest jackeries and then there's one that comes with solar panels yeah. so it's a good investment it's a good investment peace of mind you know like jason has electric guitars imagine if everything went to complete shit and like we were all eating rice and beans and there was and our lives were completely changed but yeah. he could at least play his guitar yeah I mean, there's always an acoustic, but it doesn't have the same feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, he has he has acoustics too. I actually got him a Christmas present that has oh. the, the, I, I, it's attached to an acoustic. I can't wait. I'm gonna make a video of him opening it. Let's see if I made a good decision. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, he's he's obviously really good. Like I, I was watching the the late night video one with uh with him. Was that was that David? I mean, uh, yeah, um, avocado. Was that him that was playing the, the drums? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was filming them jamming. And yeah. they, they jammed last night and today. And then after they were jamming, I'm like, hey, let's do a little 15 commercial about, about this water that I've been drinking. And it turned into an hour. So I don't know what it is about this hydrogen browns gas, but we we're all having tons of energy and just feeling a lot better from using the machine. Well, when I first contacted you, you were you're like, you know, I may have to dip out because I, you know, I, I may have these medical issues, but you don't even seem like you have anything wrong with you. Like, yeah, I'm doing okay right now, but I am prepared. Like I have different things here. And, and I remember before the show, I right. told you I might need to turn off my camera. So yeah, this is definitely, I, I feel like Sherlock Holmes, maybe the solution is in plain sight, but um, I'm glad that everything worked out today. And uh, yeah, I just want to send out very, very positive, good feelings to your whole entire audience that, you know, we're all going through really, really, really hard times right now, but education is key and, and just confidence. This is a spiritual war. So just if you feel any fear about something, someone messing with you, if you're an introvert and you don't like confrontation, but you don't want to be coerced, contact me. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, Rose, I guess right. we could wrap it up finally. Thank you so much for, for having the extended uh, version instead of the just the, the short 50 minute version. <laughs> I know. Look at me go. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to put this on the Patreon because it's uh, we did talk a lot about uh, medical misinformation. So, yeah, it's what yeah. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, Rose, you have a great evening and enjoy the next your next interview and, and your show and all that. And all right. We'll see Thank you, you again. so much. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for watching this episode of KGP Presents. Be sure to follow Rose777 on YouTube and Rockfin by, uh, by clicking the links in the description. Uh, during the next few months, I'm going to be working on my Journey to Flat Earth documentary, and I will squeeze in an interview here and there. But uh, one of those interviews will be with Bob Nodell of Globusters, I hope. I'm just putting that out there in the universe, and that's just wishful thinking on my part. But I do hope he says yes. And if there is one person that I have the most respect for in this community, it would be Bob. I've learned so much uh, during the last two years. And my wife and I have been learning a great deal from him and the Globusters team. So it would definitely be an honor and a privilege to have Bob on this show. And if you love this show, you can support us by purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or sling bag. Just go to www.kgup1065.com forward slash shop. Links are also in the description. 100% of the profits go into running this show and the radio station KGUP FM Emerge Radio. You can click, uh, you can check out what's playing right now by saying Google Ask KGUP FM to play. Or if you have Alexa, just say K uh, Alexa, play KGUP FM. Uh, such a tongue twister. If you do make a purchase, uh, if you buy anything, uh, just email me and I'll gladly send you the link to watch the rest, rest of the show so you don't have to subscribe monthly. Uh, again, thanks for watching KGUP Presents. Until next time, this is Mikey J. I'm out. Your ignorance